Thank you for joining in on the Medic Church Podcast. Today we're starting a brand new series called Different. The sermon is entitled Faith and Trials. A lot of times we face many different trials and we're going to learn today how to keep faith during those troubling times. So sit back and relax and enjoy the message starting right now. Let's dive into this today. I am pumped up about this series again. We're going to be called, uh, starting a series called Different. And so today is called Different Faiths and Trials. So Faith and Trials. Anybody in here ever had, uh, to be different? Anybody ever been different? They to be the different one in the bunch. Anybody? Me. I know me. I'm different than anybody everywhere I go. Somebody told me there's only one of you. There's one thing you can never do is you never can recreate, recreate another Michael Williamson. And I didn't know what they meant until later on in life. And, and I went through the process of doing some different things in areas of ministry. And they're like, oh, now I know what they mean. <laughs> I'm like, man, I really wish I had about 10 more of me. <laughs> and so, uh, but, but a lot of times we, we feel different, right? Different. There's different people in here. See, I tell you what, there's a 50-50 chance you're a whole lot different than me. <laughs> 50-50 chance. I done messed my phone up. Oh, dog. Anyway, uh, let me turn it off. <laughs> and so, and so, uh, but there's a 50 50% chance that you're 100% different than I am. All right. I, I can, if you want to bet wages on it, Christina, me and you are different by 50%. <laughs> me and Chris, we the same 100%. <laughs> Y'all start putting them pieces together. So, so, but, but we're different. We all different. We all like different things. And so, and so today we're going to dive into and uh, what it, how it takes faith in trials. Having faith in trials. And so, uh, we're going to look at the, uh, differences in first Peter. First Peter. And so, and for those who are, are facing trials today or, or been in trials in their life and sometimes it seems unfair, right? Well, why do I have to go through these things? Online campus, you ever been treated unfair or had trials come your way? I know I'm not the only one that has faced certain things, certain trials in my life. And, and, you know, I tell you what. Sometimes I wish I could change some of those trials. Sometimes I just wish I could go back and like, man, I just wish that I didn't have to go through that particular incident or that particular trial. Anybody wish they could erase something in their, in their, in, I guess their past or maybe a trial they went through or something? Me too, man. Me too. I wish I could get rid of some of those things. But, but sometimes, you know, things aren't as convenient as we think they should be. Anybody ever had, uh, been in a place where they've been inconvened? I know a lot of times when I'm having, if I tell somebody, hey, I gotta be somewhere. Me and Tasha, hey, we're gonna meet you at, at uh, Rigatoni's Pizza. And I tell you, we're gonna meet you there at five o'clock. I guarantee you, if I had to stop anywhere or anytime, I'll leave the house early. Anybody knows me? I'm like, I'm an own, I'm get there 10, 15 minutes early. That's just me. But I get behind every slow driver. If I got to stop at the gas station, the gas pump, all the gas pumps are full, or somebody's going slow, or if I got to run into the store and grab some person in front of me, always has a, a, a problem with the transaction or I need a price check, and I'm like, all I want to do is just get in and get out and get where I need to go. And so sometimes it becomes an inconvenience for us. Maybe we're we're facing financial uh, obstacles and we're struggling to pay bills. Man, I've been there. And it sucks. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. My wife will tell you, one thing that we're striving after and we're trying to do is become financially free. Financially free. I don't want to be in debt because I've been there. 
There's still times where I'm like, oh, snap. When we moved and I'm like, now I got a house payment and it comes out auto withdrawal. The way everything's set up with our bank account, I'm, I got it set up to where I get paid, it comes out. Well, sometimes when there's a holiday, the bank likes to take stuff early and I'm like, oh, snap. I ain't be doing that. I ain't be doing that. But maybe there's trials that you're facing with certain sicknesses. You're battling cancer. You're battling unanswered unknowns from the doctors. Maybe your children are making unwise decisions. Sometimes I had to tell myself, they're only kids. <laughs> then sometimes I don't know. I'm like, what are you doing? Stop it. Anybody want to, their kid like that? <laughs> push them down. No, don't push kids down. But sometimes we, we have these trials. Sometimes has your kid, once the parents, has your kids ever tried you? Have they ever, every day, me too, me too. I don't like if your kids ever pushed your buttons. I asked Tasha one time, she said, you get on my last nerves. Talking about one of the girls. I'm like, Tasha, I said, how many last nerves you got? Because <laughs> you said that the last time, they still get on your last. She didn't think it was the funniest idea. She got mad at me too. And so, but, but, but sometimes when we are in these trials, we feel hopeless. But today, I hope I can give you some encouragement, you know, because we all face trials. We all come from different areas and backgrounds, and we all have faced different things. And so, but if you're in the middle of some of these things right now, I hope to give you some encouragement and some hope today as so we can get have faith in our trials. So here, we're talking about First Peter. And, and, and so I want to kind of give you an update or, a, or a kind of a spoiler here, something you may not know about Simon. I mean, about Peter. Sorry, Simon Peter. But anyway, uh, uh, but Peter is often described as the uneducated fisherman. That one that didn't really know kind of what he, he played the part. He kind of acted like he knew what he was doing, but he kind of really didn't know. He wasn't like the pro level. He was like the amateur, like super amateur. Anybody ever say, hey, I, hey man, can you come help me do this? And he talk a big game and they're like, man, feel like they're the expert level and they show up and you're like, oh snap. I hired you to do this. This is horrible. I give you an example. So when we built this stage back here. <laughs> I built the stage. Okay, it's still still intact. But but I was like, hey man, I'm gonna put this stage up. I think I can build it. I think I can build it square enough. <laughs> and so when I got to put it there, I was like, man, I had somebody give me some expert advice. And so I got in there and I started working on this thing using the expert advice that I had. Y'all should have seen me had all my tools out. I looked like Tim the Toolman Taylor of Home Improvement. I looked legit in here. I had pencils in my ears, had a tool belt, I had a hammer, I had drills, I had all kinds of cool. I looked awesome. I looked cool. <laughs> but let me tell you what. <laughs> Where's it at? <laughs> Don't step right there. <laughs> but, but listen, 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 listen. I, but I learned that I wasn't as sharp as I thought I was. <laughs> That wasn't my skill. So if y'all want me to ever, if I ever say, hey, I'm going to come help you build it, <laughs> don't hire me. <laughs> but I'll come hold something for you. I'll come help you, but you don't want me building something. I can't even get something square. And so, but anyway, <laughs> but Peter here, he was, he was the, he was the one in the, in the bunch there that, that, you know, wasn't the sharpest one in the shed. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't the brightest light bulb in the bunch. Wasn't the greatest apple on the tree. I've run out of them. So anyway, but Peter here, when he was writing in the gospel, I think he had a, 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 a idea of what was going to take place in the future because he was writing to hurting, hurting Christians. 
How many of you may say right now, you don't have to lift your hands, but you know, as you're thinking that you are hurting as a Christian, maybe today. Maybe we're still, you know, uh, I, I believe Peter here, he, he had foreknowledge of what was going to take place with Christians later on in society. Maybe he had idea of what was going to take place with the elections in the later on in time. Some people are still hurt by the election results. Now, I don't keep politics. I keep politics out. I don't care if you're on the left. I don't care if you're on the right. I don't care if you're in between. All I say is pray. Pray. Where do your values stand with your political party? And that's why I tell people always pray before you go vote. But some people are still hurt by the election results in 2020. Some people are still hurt by the 2016 election results. But, but, but either way, I, I think, I think any Christians are so upset. Well, well, why do they do that? Why do they do that? What? And da, 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 da. God, how can you allow these things to happen? And I believe Peter here, he knew what was going to happen and he began writing these things. He's like, man, I know something's going to happen later on with Christians and they got to hear that there's a way. When trials come our way, there's got to be a knowledge that I can share with them and I truly believe he knew that Sacker Vices were going to have to take place. Obedience. And then, and like he knew that blood was going to be shed if you were a Christian. There was going to be treasons. But there's also good things. He knew that there's going to be grace. There's going to be love. There's going to be hope. And restoration. But see, what, what's most emotional in his writings is he, is he spoke to those that were struggling and suffering. So I kind of want to paint a picture here with you guys. So we're not quite 100% sure exactly when First Peter was wrote. So we, we got an idea that it was between about 60 to 65 AD. That's kind of what the big scholars are thinking that, that about what time frame it was wrote. And so, but during this time, the leader in this particular area, I mean, Christians were facing extreme persecution, extreme levels. I mean, they were doing ungodly things. Crazy things. And I want to truly believe that this is where a lot of our demonic spirits come out of. And, you know, as far as Christians facing persecution. And so, you know, let's just face it. How many ever in here has ever been, you know, getting your head has ever been persecuted because of their faith? Maybe just, maybe not, you know, obviously y'all were here, you're breathing. Obviously they didn't like cut your head off or something like that. But I know that there's countries where that takes place. I know that, that people, you know, that, 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 I don't know personally, but I have seen videos where they have been called out and said, hey, if you're a Christian, do you believe in Jesus? And they've executed them right there on the spot. In 1999, during the Columbine High School shooting, there was a young lady that, that sat in a library and the gunman come in and he looked at the girl and said, do you believe in Jesus? And she said, yes, I do. And he executed her on the spot. So, but during this time in frame, and in about the night, you know, in, in 60 to 65 AD, persecution was extreme levels. This was happening to Christians for just believing in Jesus. So about July of, six, of 64 AD here is, is when the Rome, Rome, big Rome burn was taking place. It was out of control for six days. I just celebrated 17 years in the fire service and emergency service. And, and, and I learned that a lot of times when you have something that burns, a lot of times it gets out of control and it takes a while to get it under control. 
But this particular time, I mean, we're using modern technology. We have modern things that we're using. We have modern equipment. So back in the day, they didn't have all this fancy equipment and stuff we have today. And so this fire burnt out of control for six days. And so, and there's, there was believers that, that thought that the, that the king or the ruler here was the one that started the fire. The big man on top was the man that, that intentionally started the fire. So he can blame it on the Christians and they can get more prosecution towards them. Anybody ever been blamed for something? Because you were the different one? You're the one that said, oh, that's the Jesus one. We're going to get them. See, persecution looks a little bit different in 2021. Sometimes you walk in and you're like, oh, man, there's Sally Sue. She's that Jesus lover. She got her biblical today. She got her Bible. She's got her Caleb. She's listening to the Medic Church podcast. Man, I'm going to knock this over. I'm going to set the building on fire, and I'm going to blame Sally Sue. We're going to go to the bathroom, and I'm going to set the bathroom on fire, and I'm going to run out before she did, and I'm going to scream. She set the place on fire. She gets fired. Not at all. She goes to jail. That's what people were doing. That's what people were doing back in the day, and it's kind of the situation. They started blaming the Christians for this big fire. So I want to tell you guys, and I told you guys this in the last series, this place here on earth isn't our home. Our home and our reward isn't here on earth. It's in heaven. And so our goal is to get to heaven. Our, my goal is to get there. I want to get there. I just want to make it to the heaven. I just want to get to the pearly gates. And they say, hey, come on in, my good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear, depart from me, for I never knew you. I, I, that's the worst thing I think I can think anybody could ever hear. I'd let my dad come to me and punch me in the throat and, and, and lock me in a, in a cage and, and had nothing to do with me than I ever would to hear the Father God say, depart from me. I never knew you. So this place isn't our home. But First Peter 1 and 1, it says, This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners. Now, anybody ever met somebody that was a foreigner? Anybody? Anybody? I know I have. <laughs> He's cool peeps. But that's it. You know, what is, so what is a foreigner? When you say, hey, you're a foreigner. You're, you're, from, you're from a foreign country. Or you're from a foreign area. You know what's foreign to me? When somebody comes down and, and we, and I have friends that are from Boston and New York and they come down and they talk different than we do, right? So I'm like, hey man, how y'all doing? <laughs> you been doing all right? So let's go down here. Let's go over yonder and let's go get some, uh, you know, let's go get some pizza over here. And then I came, mate, and I go get my car keys and get the calendar and then we're going to go over here and we're going to get some pie. And I'm like, dude, you're going to have to, first of all, slow down. <laughs> you're different. You're different than me. You're in a different territory. I don't understand what you're saying. I don't understand you. I don't understand what you're talking about. You're talking, what? What? Anybody got any friends that are from uh, the northern area? Anybody? Me too. <laughs> so, and, so, and I got some good people. They're awesome. But when they come here or I go there, I always like this. <laughs> you from the south, ain't you? <laughs> when I go up north, they're like, you from the south. We want to pay you to talk. Hey, Bill. Bill, come over here. Here's this guy. It's happened. <laughs> I love it. Hey, where are you from? You from down yonder, ain't you? <laughs> yes. But see, see, foreign to me is just because you're not from here. When you hear the word foreign, that's you know, uh, uh, you know, a car's from a foreign country. That means it's not from America. 
Or if we go over there and they, we got imported there, they're, you know, don't, they're, we're different from what they're accustomed to. Don't live here. And you don't live like the people that live in this area. See, give you an example. One of the fire stations I work for is close to the city of Charlotte. And one time that they, they called us out and there's like, I, I gave you a better example. I use this past day that I worked. I go and, and we have what they call a drop tank. And what a drop tank is, is a big, almost like a swimming pool. And we put a, a big tube in there and it, and it sucks water out. And, and what this is for is, is when there's areas that don't have fire hydrants in it. And it goes out in the country, don't have fire hydrants, right? And it was funny watching them because some of these people, you obviously know they ain't never used half this stuff or don't remember how to use it. Where I'm from, it's a common thing. We use it all the time. So it's nothing for me to say, hey, man, it's what you need to do, this, 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 this. It's easy because I'm accustomed to it. It's in my norm. I understand what's happening. I understand the process. But then they're like, oh, 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 <laughs> I don't know how this works. I'm kind of confused. I don't remember. We don't use this all the time. I'm like, hey, man, we're going to help you out. It looked different. It's different. It's different from what we're accustomed to. And so I want to tell you, as, as, as followers of Jesus, we're not called to look like the rest of the world. We're not called to look like the rest of the world. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to look different because we have different values. We have different standards. And we have different goals. My goal is to get to heaven. My goal here is to reach as many people as I can, tell them about Jesus, tell them the good news about Jesus. And that's, that's my goal. What's your goal today? Is your goal to look like everybody else, to blend in? Is your goal just kind of hang back and, and follow the crowd? Or is your goal to stand out and be different? See, that's why we encourage you guys and, and pray about certain things, especially in the government and, 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 and local leaders. And that's why we pray for them that God will put the right people in the right places and God will touch us and bless us because I vote based on values and my beliefs and the God system that I stand behind because a lot of times we're different. Now, remember when I told you guys flip tables and not on the people? Just remember, flip the tables, not the people. We can be different and have different beliefs, but pray for them. Some of my biggest friends that I have have different beliefs than I do. They don't go to church. They don't go and do what we do and hang out and chill. And that's okay. I pray for them. I don't treat them any different. I treat them the same, and I love them just because that's what God's called us to do. And I wrap my arms around them, and I pray for them. I encourage them, and I pray that God will show them the light. And I try to be, uh, you know, I don't sit there and shove God down the throat, but I encourage them and say, hey, man, we love you guys. We're praying for you, and I show them the same light that God shows us, the same mercy that God shows us. So I want to encourage you guys to do that. If you have friends that are different than you are, pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. So differences into faith, different faiths in trials, different faith in trials. So trials are bad, right? When you hear the word, man, I've been through some trials in my life. They're bad. They're bad. Anybody ever had bad trials? I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, but had anybody had some bad times in their life? Why would God allow this to happen? Why does God allow this to happen to me? So number one question, one of the number one questions I always get asked, why do bad things happen to good people? My response always is, I don't know, but I know God's preparing you for something bigger. He's preparing you for your biggest blessing yet. Because in the, if you're in the middle of a difficult time right now, just say that your faith is being tested. 
your faith that's being tested. It tells us in First Peter 1, 6 and 7, it says, So be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead. Y'all hear that? So if you're in a trial right now, if you're in a moment in your life right now, and you're in a difficult time, listen to this scripture here. Be truly glad because the wonderful joy is ahead. It says, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Did y'all hear that? You may endure and you must endure many trials for just a little while. But these trials will show you that your faith is genuine. Your faith is genuine. Man, ain't that cool? Ain't that cool? Man, I, I love that. Man, your faith there. And it shows you that that in there. And so, and, and it shows that, hey, in whatever you're in right now, there's good days ahead. Well, Pastor Mike, I've been dealing with this for years. God didn't say that it was going to happen overnight. He said a little while. Well, how many days did it take God to create the heavens and the earth? It says, and day one, well, how long was God's day? So you mean God did this in one to 24 hours? We don't know how long God's day is. It doesn't tell us in the scripture. It just says on day one, God created the heavens and the earth. He created everything else. But, but so we don't, God doesn't have a certain time. It just says for a little while. So, so here it is, and it tells us in the scripture that faith is genuine. That must mean there's also false faith, right? So if there's, if there's genuine faith here, there's good faith, and so, and there's, there's real faith, there must be false faith as well, right? So let's look at this. There's inherited faith. Inherited faith. Some people believe that they can inherit faith. They can inherit it. Well, my dad was a Methodist going Baptist preacher. Not my dad, but. <laughs> We'll talk about him another time. But, but my dad, he, he, we used to man. Uh, my dad was a Methodist person. My mom was a Baptist. And I, you know, I, hey, I listen, I was baptized as a baby. So I'm good. I inherited that faith because my mom went to church. My dad went to church and, and I got baptized and I said the prayer on the church bus. I, I'm good. I'm good. You see, we talked to, to, to some people later on and we asked them, Hey, tell me a little bit about you as a kid. Hey, I was there in church. I went to church. <laughs> I never missed a Sunday. But now they're still on the back seat and they begin questioning their faith. Because you can't inherit faith. You can't inherit it. Now you can be exposed to it and you can be around it your whole entire life. Me, I was around faith my entire life. But I couldn't inherit what God had for my life. Then there's the shallow faith. Shallow faith. Some people that feel like they all they had to do is, oh, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to plant the seeds over here. And I'll sprinkle that water on them every once in a while. And they'll, they'll, they'll take root. They'll get in there. But they will live a life of worry. They live a life of, of dreadfulness. They live on a life of everything constantly changing. They won't get engaged in church and activities for months and months and months. They're kind of confused about what they want. They're shallow. They're, they're, they're partially in. I'll come to church on Sundays and that's all I'm going to do. I, I don't want to, I don't come to the pastor hang out. I don't want to, I don't want to follow up. You know, I ain't going to go bowling with them. I'm not going to go out to community events. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do, ah, they're shallow. They're, they, they, the seeds planted in there, but they haven't taken root into what they're doing. They haven't taken root into God. 
And then there's the conditional faith. I'll believe as long as things are going right. You're going my way. God's there with me. I get sick. I pray to him, God, I'm sick. Give me get better. I get better. But the very moment things go wrong, the very moment that, that things don't go the way I think they should, I lose my wife. I lose my car. Power gets turned off. Then, oh, I'm struggling financially. Oh, snap. My kids ain't acting right. I ain't, I'm done with God. It's the conditional faith. See, trials are meant to test our faith. Test our faith. So how does God use trials? How does God use your trials? If you're taking notes, trials reveal your faith. Trials will reveal your faith. It says this in First Peter 7 and 1, or 1 and 7. It says these trials will show that your faith is genuine. So y'all hear that? Your faith here is going to show it out. It's going to come out. It's going to see how faithful you are. You, I'll tell you, I'll just be transparent with you guys. When I was a youth pastor there in Concord, you guys may not know this or not. When I was there, I started to get a salary. I never got a salary. I got a, I got a check here and there, but it wasn't what I was told that I was supposed to get, but that's neither here or there, and I'm not down on, but, but there was times that I, that I questioned God, and I looked at God, and, and He put me to the test, because there were times that I didn't have enough money to pay for groceries. I was struggling, and me and Tasha were struggling to buy baby formula, to buy diapers, to keep our water on, to keep the power on. But we kept enduring. The struggles, the pain that we faced, we were still there. We were there every week. We were faithful. We were, we were genuine to God. And, we, and every time that, that our faith was tested, we kept digging and we kept going. And I want to tell you that there wasn't a time, I mean, all my struggles and all my worries and all the trials that we faced, God always provided for us. We never went without a meal. It may not have been what we wanted, but we never went without. And we never didn't have power. We did not have water. God blessed us. And it showed that, that as we came and we trusted on God and we sh- and he began and kept trying us and testing our faith, he revealed to us just very well the distance that he'll allow us to go. And I truly believe in those moments that as we were doing the things we were doing and things across our ministry, as we began to do his work, this was preparing us for what we were doing today. Because if I would have just gave up and I would have said, okay, God, I'm not trusting you. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to show you the faith and I'm not going to have that faith. We would have never been where we're at today, watching people's lives be changed. See, in our early years of, of ministry, I, I, I remember a lot of times that, that I tried to impress people. My goal was to say, okay, I'm going to do all this just to impress people. I was trying to, to be a people pleaser. I, I'll be honest with you, I thought I was the cocky one. I was very insecure. But I went in there and I was bold. Half the time, I didn't know what I was doing. I was young. I was dumb. In my early years of ministry, I had no idea. I was just trying to be that cool guy that did everything. Hey, look at what I did. But later on in life, as I went through trials and tribulations and things happened, it showed me that I can be more faithful. I was more devoted. I become patient with certain things, even though my wife tell you I don't. But I become bold. That's why I tell you guys here at Medic Church, we don't have limits. And as soon as we get to those lines, we're going to cross over them, and we're not going to draw lines to keep people out, but we're going to cross lines to bring people in. 
That's what we're about. We're going to do whatever it takes to get people here. James 1, uh, 2 and 4, it says, Consider it a pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. Because, so y'all hear that? So tamp that is a good thing. If you're in trials right now, if you've been in trials in your past, or you're going through trials, just know that these are good things. This is pure joy. Count it as joy. The devil wants to tell you, hey, it's not good. It's not good to be facing these things. It's not good for you to be going through these things. But hey, God says it right here in the scripture that it is pure joy that you're facing these things. Verse 3 says, because you know that, that the testing of your faith produces, uh, uh, what's that word? Perseverance, sorry. Uh, verse 4, let perseverance finish its, its work so that you may be mature and and not lacking anything. So, you know, just as well as I do, when you face things, you learn how, hey, I don't need to do those certain things in my life and I know how to overcome them. That's why I like hanging out with older people. Not that I don't like younger people, but I hang out with older people because I like picking their brains. When I'm at work, I try to get around the old people. You know why? You know why I like older people? Because they've been there, they've done it, they got the scars to prove it, and they can help me overcome certain things in my life. Hey, you probably face these certain things. I like that wisdom. But even in our trials and our tribulation, it matures us in most, in most cases. It matures us and it helps us know, hey, we don't need to go down this path. That's what makes us all unique because we all, you know, don't realize maybe the person beside you to the left or the right or Trina here, you know, you may have a lot more in common than you realize. Because a lot of us face some of the very similar things, but each of you may have different experiences on, on maybe the same issue, but you may can help each other out. Hey, I overcome it this way. This is how I've done it. This is what helped me. My story can maybe help somebody else. Hey, well, I had a similar story to that. I faced this. It's like a mechanic. You know, there's there's several ways to do certain things as a mechanic. I, 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 my dad, my dad's got TikTok, y'all, and he's been sending me stuff. And, and and he sent me this video the other day, and it showed this mechanic using this. It was very genius. See. There's several ways to do certain things, but certain times, hey, man, I faced it this way, but this worked out for me. So you can learn off of each other. See, you may be in the pain. You may be in, in, in the suffering right now, but listen, the promise is coming. I promise you that things, things are going to get better. I promise you that these trials you're in are going to be better. Hey, well, Pastor Michael, I'm sick. I'm dying. Hey, listen, your war's not here. It's in heaven. So if you don't get healed here on earth, that's okay. Your goal's heaven. Now, I ain't trying to wish death on anybody. I know God can heal you, but I'm just saying that I'm trying to give you some encouragement that if you're facing certain sicknesses in your life, hey, it's okay. If you don't get healed here, you're going to get healed in heaven. And, and you know, I, I know that God can do it. See, God never wastes a hurt. I want you guys to hear that. God never wastes a hurt. Well, I've had these bad things happen in my life. I don't tell you guys, I've had a lot of bad things happen in my last several years in ministry. I walked away from God for a year and a half, and and, and, I, and I said, God, I, don't, I told people I don't have nothing to do with that anymore. I said, like, I don't want that. I've seen what church people do to people. I've seen, I've seen things that might, will blow your mind. And why am I sharing this with you? It's because I know what it was like to be hurt. I know what it was like to be broken. And it's, but it showed me, and God says here, He never wastes that hurt. I had to go through those pains. I had to go through their sufferings so I know how not to treat people. And I know how I want a church to be. That's why our logo is designed like it's hurt, like it's designed. Because we know people are hurting. We know people are broke. We know people have been done wrong. But we want to be the life-giving place that God can restore the brokenness in our lives. 
That's why we designed it the way we've done it. The, the band-aid is to correct all in our house. That's why the band-aid here symbolizes that God can correct any issues in our life. And we want to be the heartbeat of the church. So if you're hurting, just know that God's not finished yet. Number two, draw, uh, trials draw you closer to God. As you close with this. First uh, Peter 1 and 8 and 9, it says, you, your love, or you love, even though you haven't seen him. Talking about God here. You love God, even though you haven't seen him. Anybody ever seen God? Anybody ever seen the wind? Anybody ever seen the air? I see it moving. I see the grass moving, but I've never seen it. It says, through you, though you do not see him, you trust him. You don't see God, but you trust him. You rejoice. Gracious and pregnant joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your soul. Listen, when you trust God, he loves you. He loves you so much. God loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, down on the cross for you. See, the good news isn't that God saved us from our trial. The, the trials that you're in, it ain't, that ain't the good news. God didn't save you from the trial. That's not the good news. The good news is that God saved us from sin. He sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for each one of us. When we face these trials, when we face these things in our life, know that God's got your back. He's got you. God won't give you more than you can handle. Well, Pastor Michael, I got a lot going on in my life. You just don't understand what's happening in my life. Online campus, you're maybe thinking in your mind, man, you don't know me. You don't know what I got happening. You don't know the struggles. You don't know the pains. You don't know my past. No, I don't. I don't know what you're going through. I'm going to tell you that God's not going to give you more than you can handle. When I was going through all that, I thought the world around me was going to crash. When I was going through those things in my ministry and the hurt that I was feeling, I was like, oh God, why are you allowing this to happen? God, where are you? I screamed out to him, God, what are you doing? But he gave me a reminder, says, I'm with you, my son. I'm with you. And I want you to know, you're, you're his sons, you're his daughters. Tell you guys all the time, it's, I don't know anything that we're singing every week. I have no idea. Fernando's picks these songs, but, and, and I let him pray about it and I let him seek after God. And it's amazing how certain things lined up. You each are sons and daughters of Christ. He loves each one of you. When you stumble, when you fall, guess what? He's there to pick you up. He's there wrapping his arms around you. Online campus, God loves you. He's going to wrap his arms around you when you stumble and you fall. He's not going to give you more than you can handle. Do you still have your hope today? Do you still have that passion for God? Maybe you need a reminder today that God still loves you. God's still with you. Whatever you're facing, you're not facing it alone. Here at Medic Church, we believe in building relationships. You're not in this walk of life alone. You don't, guys, don't mind if you'll stand with me. Sometimes it's it's harder and things get bad and things get rough. And things seem like they ain't going our way. But God is getting us closer to him. Let's pray. Father God, I'm going to thank you so much for this day. God, I want to thank you for sending trials our way. Because God, it helps us to get closer to you. God, I want to be so close to you. And I want people around me to know. I want them to feel that, you know, what's different about this guy. God, I, I want people to feel, I want people, I want to pray everybody here today to God that, that God, you will allow your presence to be felt through them. God, when they pass by somebody, I want people to not say, hey, I want what you have. 
God, we have more in common than we realize. God, when we face trials and, and, and we may be right now, we may be struggling with certain things in our life, God. God, we may be facing things right now and we're questioning, hey, where are you? But God, let it be a reminder today that you're always with us. God, you're not going to give us more that we can handle. But God, when we do face these trials, it's to test our faith. And God, to continue to let us trust you and trust the process, trust where we're at, God. God, if somebody don't know you today, let them know all they have to do is say the simple prayer. Dear God, I'm a sinner. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Forgive me of my sins so I can live forever with you in paradise. When these trials come my way, help me to keep my faith. In your name I pray, amen. Thank you again for joining the Medic Church Podcast. If you need special prayer, we're going to remind you to go to www.medicchurch.com. Scroll down just a little bit, hit the prayer request form. Our team is standing by ready to pray and believe that God will meet each and every need that is submitted. Join us back next time as we continue our new series called Different. All right, have an awesome week.